Smashing Security, Episode 005, Upskirt Insecurity, with Carol Terrio, Vanya Schweitzer and Graham Cluley. Hello everybody and welcome to Smashing Security, Episode 5 for the 26th of January 2017. As always, I'm joined by my buddies, Carol Terrio and Vanya Schweitzer. Hi guys, how are you doing? Hi Graham and hi Carol. Hi Vanya, hi Graham. Very jolly, Carol. You're I'm feeling all right. In a really good mood. I've had a rough January in terms of amount of work. I've been working like uh, a lot, and I'm getting a yeah. little bit of breathing space now, so it's quite nice. Fantastic, fantastic. So no work. Well, good. There's no end to work, is there? When it comes to computer security and things like that, there's always new things happening and stories cropping up. And uh, one of the things we like to do in this podcast is look at what's happening in the news and choose a few stories you might have missed and uh, give you our witterings and our random comments about it. And uh, first out of the hat today, Vanya, what have you got for us? Well, my story for this week is around an arrest that happened in Barcelona, in Spain. Uh, the alleged author of Wildtrak, uh, NeverQuest Banking Trojan, 32-year-old Stanislav Lisov, a uh, Russian citizen who was detained on uh, 30th of January by the police, uh, when he was returning the rental vehicle to Barcelona airport. Um, the Trojan that he was supposedly created um, is one of the banking Trojans that tries to create is um, tries to basically intercept all the banking transactions and create a new fraudulent transaction and steal money from people's accounts, as well as steal some additional additional data such as logins and passwords from Facebook, Twitter, um, and basically has been around from 2013 as has been quite a significant banking Trojan. And I'm, I'm guessing the guy who, who like Stanislav, he was, he was the main cre- creator of it, actually had quite a, quite a good uh, source of income from this. And if he really is the author of Vortrack, this, this is quite significant, isn't it? Because it wasn't just banking accounts, as you mentioned, that it was trying to steal passwords for, but all manner of other online accounts which could have fallen into the hands of criminals because there was this piece of malware sitting in the background scooping them up um, from your drive and as you typed them into websites etc i mean it was it was it was quite prevalent this one wasn't it yeah it was it was well created piece of malware uh, that apart from stealing the data also tried to find out new sources for or new targets to attack like new banks if if you were infected with this piece of malware and you visited your banking website and you had uh, the malware would look for a word such as uh, international banking number or account number or something like that and if it found it and it wasn't on its list of uh, targets then it would actually download the whole page so it can create its own they mm. call them web injects so once the next time you visited the page and the page was on the list of targeted uh, pages then this piece of code would be inserted to create those kind of fraudulent transactions so they kind of used it for collection information but also for stealing and and, and creating fraudulent transactions and do we know how this guy got caught so what he was uh, he was going on the he was on he was in his car go, go, returning the car to the airport in Barcelona so yeah, it, it, well, basically, it was it was pretty interesting. It, it seems that the, the the actual investigation started sometimes in 2014, 
mm-hmm. and his arrest was actually requested by FBI and the international arrest warrant was issued by Interpol. So it, it seems like there is a quite a good cooperation yeah. uh, between FBI and Interpol. Of course, some of the Russian organization are saying that the Russian Federation and uh, and the kind of legal entities they shouldn't be warned before the arrest happened. So they kind of they don't really call it a kidnapping, but it's kind of a it's interesting this sort of dynamics be- between east and west wow as usual so i i read in between the lines one has to wonder whether the authorities in the west might have thought that russia wasn't doing enough to apprehend this guy if uh, western authorities knew his identity and and wanted to speak to him about this particular piece of malware well, especially because we heard that the Russian Secret Service is recruiting kind of hackers and malware writers. Uh, so it couldn't been kind of connected with this sort of increased activity that we heard over hacking of like uh, uh, Democratic National Convention and, and some of the other uh, Western organization by, by alleged, allegedly by the Russian Secret oh, Service. Oh, Vanya, are you going to perpetuate this myth that the Russians might have had an interest in affecting the US election and would have been hacking <laughs> political parties rather than some 14-year-old? I are agree you, that it's... Are you seriously going to suggest the Russians, th- those lovely Russians, would do something like that? I agree it's highly <laughs> unlikely, Graham. <laughs> you well, guys... Yeah. <laughs> well, talking about um, accounts being hacked and broken into, one thing which caught my... I, I mean, I, I don't know why this isn't the top story this week, quite frankly. Carol, I don't know how closely you've been following international news, but did you hear that Vladimir Putin, right, who's the main... He's the head honcho, the big cheese in the Kremlin. Yeah, okay, we good. We heard about yeah. him. Yeah, I've heard news, news has broken <laughs> that he is planning a missile strike on the United States. <laughs> Did what? You hear that? Yes. Uh, well, and, and 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 this news broke in all places on the New York Times video Twitter feed. Um, not many other outlets, media outlets, have picked it up. In fact, but the breaking news appeared on the New York Times video Twitter uh, feed. Now, of course, what actually happened was this particular Twitter account, which comes under the New York Times family of Twitter accounts, had been hacked. It had been hacked by the Our Mine hacking gang. Um, they're an unusual bunch, aren't they? They they hack into companies and social media accounts and people like uh, Mark Zuckerberg's online account sometimes. And then they try and sell you consultancy. They say, oh, maybe you want to better protect your social media presence in future. Um, we can I give you this, some tips. I love this business model. And it's it's... it's it's one of those things like in, in when we were in antivirus industry, when you, you come and talk to people, they go, oh, yes, of course, so you create malware first and then you <laughs> sell us the cure. Well, these guys are actually doing exactly the same mm. thing. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we've never done that ever. Uh, but, you know, these guys are doing it. So, but you know, it's kind of the next step after ransomware, right? Why not expand that and, you know, and use it other kind of ways to extort money out of companies? Well, is it ransomware? Because you, you have these uh, penetration testing, like obviously penetration tests are authorized, but sometimes penetration testers go and, and do some initial Great hacking. <laughs> Yeah, let's say so. Just and then and then they can warn the company, hey, you guys have been insecure, your insecure configuration of your yeah. website or whatever. And you know, if you want to tell us, if you want to know more, then perhaps you can employ us. Yeah. So I, I I I don't want to condone obviously this hack in any way because I I don't think you should hack into things no. without people's permission. But I can kind of understand it in a way. I mean, if if we take your point a little bit further, I think 
if you were trying to get a company's attention that you believed that they were acting insecurely or they've been sloppy with their passwords or they're reusing passwords or something like that, and maybe you are hitting a brick wall when you try and communicate with them, mm. what better way to do it than go in, post a, a fairly harmless tweet, to be honest, although actually in this case, maybe saying Putin was planning a missile strike is, is not, as harmless. not so harmless, uh, quite honestly, uh, particularly yeah. with who might be in charge of the other missiles these days. Um, but... You know, and and then you've really got their attention, haven't you? And then you followed up with, oh, if you want to better protect your account, then maybe you should talk to us. I I don't like it as a business model. It's kind of like with with kind of vulnerability disclosures, and some companies, including Google, have this ninety day policy when Mm. they actually they kind of inform people they have vulnerability. If they don't respond by ninety days, they kind of disclose all the details, all the technical details of of the vulnerability. So it's it's kind of I not not see it's the same, but it's a similar kind of model. Now, the New York Times isn't the only uh, Twitter account which is claiming that it had some unauthorized usage in the last few days. There was the Badlands National Park Service who started tweeting facts about climate change, which got a lot of attention Mm. uh, up on Twitter the other day, uh, until it was mysteriously silenced. And um, then there was uh, the, the tweets got deleted and there was a claim made that a former employee, I'm not sure if they were now former or former at the time claiming that they had used the account and they weren't authorized to tweet those messages mm. um so now were these both password jobs well so certainly i would imagine in the case of the new york times twitter account uh, issue then it would have been password reuse or maybe password phishing uh, which took place and so enabling something like login verification some sort of two-step verification would have better protected that account um, and training staff of course to be aware of phishing attacks and things like that in the case of badlands however it's a little bit more murky you have to imagine there was maybe a junior employee who was in charge of the social media account, tweeting things that they believed in about uh, climate change, which maybe the new administration in the White House isn't so comfortable with. Um, one piece... Uh, so, I mean, well, so, a lot of so people are... Are, they, are, in, are, they, are they the former employee, or have they kind of gone from the, the organisation and then tweeted, or have they actually tweeted and then have to... We don't know. The official the statement is very ambiguous. They're certainly a former employee now. Um, and my guess is, you know, maybe this is what caused them to become a former employee. Because One piece of good news, though, for the Badlands uh, National Park Service is their Twitter follower account has zoomed up. It was only 7,000 on Monday. And now it's well over 100,000 people are now following that account, following all the furore over it. But there, there is some feeling that uh, maybe the White House applied a little bit of pressure. Um, well, if as, they were tru- truly former employee that, that, that did something kind of deliberately, I think one of the good practices is never to share accounts if possible ah but you know what i bet you a lot of companies do that because they're probably buying one account for a single user if they're a small business and they're sharing it amongst you know the maybe five ten employees within the company Um, yeah i think i think we even even at some some of my previous kind of work we actually had like administrator accounts that we shared we we knew the password but it, it actually doesn't make sense because then you can't really track you can't audit you you don't know who exactly. did what at yes. yeah, if some we think point the story and we talked about so last it's better week. to have administrator yeah. vanya administrator carol and graham as separate accounts with the same kind of authority to change things but at least when something is mm. changed that you know who did it 
And Twitter doesn't really handle this quite as well as it should. I don't think it's really embraced this sort of uh, the requirement of brands to use Twitter as a communications mechanism and making it easy for multiple staff to update and yet maintain security. And this, I mean, joking aside, I mean, this is actually quite an important issue. We have someone now who's in charge of the United States who is an avid Twitter user, but he is not the only one using his Twitter account. There are other people tweeting as well. You can tell the difference quite easily between the tweets. And if just one of those people had were compromised in some way, if their computer was compromised, potentially there is a message which people might find difficult to work out whether it was posted by the Donald or by a hacker. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and Twitter should do something about it, it because it, it really is a way of... of um, you know, there, there could be one account and there can be many people Do you behind know those I'm accounts. going to predict right now that that's going to happen in the next four years. I'm just going to put, lay it out there. Well, uh, Donald Trump has been Twitter yes. hacked before. But not since, um, he's not, so. not since he's been in, you know. No, no, no. In he's the, been in power now yeah, for a few days and he's doing <laughs> jolly well. Obviously, uh, his, his password policy is sound now. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Carol, what have you got? Okay, so do you guys know the term upskirting? Because this was not a term I was familiar with at all. Okay? So no. this, is a, this is a data leak story and it involves a porn site. So it was kind of a test to see where you guys hang out in your off hours. It's a porn <laughs> site called <laughs> Candid, Candid Board. And it was a story uh, published in the International Business Times. So basically, this is a subscription uh, based porn site where people share naughty pics of unsuspecting quote-unquote women so women sunbathing climbing stairs that sort of thing so what's upskirting sorry climbing stairs well so if a woman is for example is wearing a skirt and climbing stairs you may want to grab a picture well well clearly you you take one of those selfie sticks and you don't use them just to take selfies well, quite. So, or you put mirrors on the end of your hobnail boots. That's the other way I've heard it. Can <laughs> I read that you I read would that do too. something like that, Graham. <laughs> when I was researching this story, I think I saw. Okay. Anyway, so the, the, so there's been a data breach, right? So the data breach is the result of an alleged misconfigured database. Uh, which was uh, reportedly uh, managed by a U.S. hosting provider called WebAir. That problem apparently now is solved. Um, the data was taken back in September 2015. Now, 170 to 180,000 members, okay, their data was snarfled up and spat out on the internet. So it's a, it was found on the internet and give it, handed over to the International Business Times. The data stolen, email addresses, usernames, hash passwords, date of birth, IP addresses, logs showing joint date, last post date, reputation, etc. So, you know, quite a lot of information to show how you've interacted on this site. So, the whole thing about this is the real people that are suffering against this are obviously the members, really. The members, it's really got it. Remember the Ashley Madison case? I mean, two suicides. Two suicides resulted that I know of after that, that I read about. So, well, it's interesting that people are actually using their kind of real real names and real addresses, as well as some, some people are actually using work adre- email addresses, which oh is goodness. kind yes. of completely weird. And, and, and we had kind of a little bit of an investigation at some of my jobs. Oh, right. Okay. That. Yeah. Because there was actual government and military email addresses, which is shocking that people would not, all, you know, not only use like their everyday email address but their work email address you, i mean I, I i agree it's crazy not to use basically a burner email address right for these sort of mm. sites um but i wonder whether some people would use a work email address because they're less worried about their bosses finding out that they're members of these sites than their partner yeah maybe but surely your, your email at work is 
name dot surname or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's. Did you say one hundred and eighty thousand members yeah, were yeah. on this? Yeah. One hundred. And how much yeah. do they pay every 20, month for being twenty dollars a month to have their data what? published that, online? That, that, it seems. Twenty dollars. Yeah. Well, actually, that's a good point. You know what? You're making a good point because we're in the wrong paying, business, guys. They do guys. have to provide the right information. Now, fo- no financial data was stolen, but you probably need to have a you know a very legitimate, bona fide email address that you regularly check. Sorry, the people. Credit <laughs> whoa, cards. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry, I, I, I'm moving away from security for a moment because I'm fascinated by this. Okay. They're making millions. Whoever runs this site, I mean, yep. obviously there'd be server charges and things like that. They're making millions every month. Yeah. Well, I don't. Again, we don't know if this is all active members now. Okay. Or if they, okay. Right. All right. We don't know that, but still, yeah. Okay. You, you know, doing the math certainly suggests a lot of kaching, doesn't My it? My goodness. Um, Just for seeing pictures of women walking upstairs. <laughs> so th- this story about unsuspecting women wh- 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 is there like a unsuspecting men as well because <laughs> kind of it reminds me of a story that you gra- your Graham uh, have which, oh which? you're not gonna uh, <laughs> you, you can't get me to talk about that man <laughs> this is a serious security <laughs> podcast and now you've you now i'm gonna have to talk about it okay. I, I know, know what, what this is just, and if this affects don't you remember any, i'm oh not my sure God. yet <laughs> Many years ago, I was at a rather swanky restaurant in Boston, Massachusetts. Okay. And um, I went to the lavatory, or as it's known in America, the restroom. Okay. And I decided, I decided to sit down. I won't, you know, that's the kind of guy I am. Okay. Right. Sort of metrosexual. So I sat down and I was doing whatever it is that I do. And uh, um, American toilet cubicles are disturbing at the best of times, yes, right? Because they yes. have no concept of privacy because they have those huge gaps at the bottom, at the top and at the sides. It's just like, what is going on? Here is a country which is trying to build a massive wall between it and Mexico. And yet it can't actually build proper toilet cubicles, which are probably secured. But anyway, if they want to protect themselves. Anyway, so there I was sitting down <laughs> doing my business. Having a poo. And, oh, please. And a camera comes underneath the, uh, no. the, the door, pointing at me, a video camera. And this wasn't recently, right? It wasn't like an iPhone. This was a flipping great big old school 2002 style camera coming underneath and filming. You may want to check out the site. You may be on. You might you've be been on. upskirted, Graham. You might be, you, you've been upskirted. You may be on Candid Board. I haven't ser- actually had a chance to look at Candid Board myself, so I don't know if they actually... To search. Ser- I don't know if they've serviced men as well as women. I think maybe none of us really want to check this out. But the but I guess the concern is if there are real government and military email addresses in here, and if they actually verified those email addresses, which, of course, Ashley Madison didn't bother to do, but if those are accurate email addresses, um, and if, there's a potential for blackmail here, yeah, isn't there? And if people Absolutely. use the same passwords... So anyone, you know, this is a good reminder, don't use the same passwords in different places. And for people that are running infrastructure and and databases, especially for, well, all databases really make, you know, get a risk assessment, do a pen test, find your vulnerabilities. It's not like they're not making any money. You know, 180,000 members, I use the word with reason, and $20 a month. My goodness. Yeah, 180,000 is a lot, but can you imagine all the other kind of data breaches that happened in the last year yeah. or so? Uh, all the LinkedIn's and uh, Yahoo, obviously. Yahoo. You know, there yeah. are millions of email addresses and potentially passwords that were, that, that were leaked. Um, 
So one thing I can one thing I can advise people: if you are worried that your details may have been leaked in one of these big breaches, there's a great website run by a security researcher called Troy Hunt. Go to his website. It's Have I Been Pwned, which is P W N E D dot com. You can enter your email address, and it'll tell you uh, if any of your details it's, been. It's a great and it's a good resource, reminder yeah. to use different passwords in different places. Cool. Boy, oh boy! Well, thanks for thanks for uh, raising the tone there, Carol. Oh, you can, yeah. always, well, you can always count on me. You can always count. On me. <laughs> well, we're heading towards the end of the show, but before that, uh, we do have some feedback on uh, previous episodes. If you missed the last episode, episode four, we chatted about Brian Krebs um, possibly uncovering the identity of the bad guys behind the Mirai botnet. We also talked about the Spora ransomware, which was trying to make money in unusual ways, and also discussing how we should be more careful about that guy in the IT department and make sure he isn't the only one who knows the company's passwords um thank you to everyone who's been giving us feedback in uh, on the social media and in the different places fantastic um alan rolf for instance on youtube said vanya's very secretive about his birthday oh yes we celebrated your birthday last week didn't we vanya and he said well was it last is- week or was it at the beginning of this week <laughs> oh well alan goes on how important is it to keep this sort of data secret for security reasons how important is it to keep your birthday a secret well, we often talk about, you know, stolen identities and things like that. And date of birth is one of the information that's sometimes being asked by the banks or various various institutions to kind of identify yourself. So I think I think keeping the date of birth relatively secret, though obviously plus minus, it's very easy to find out. You know, now now yeah. that we know it's either this week or the week <laughs> before, there's not that many possibilities. Yeah, and everyone knows least. now that you're 52, so yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the one. Um, so so yeah, I mean, it's 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 important to to keep it secret, but you know. Healthy paranoia is good, but not too. No, I'm not trying to be too paranoid. Yeah, on its own, probably not that damaging, but it is a potential piece of the jigsaw. And um, obviously, if there are sites or, or services which are verifying you by your date of birth, then that is a matter of public record. And if someone gets their hold on hands on it, they could potentially abuse <laughs> You've it. You've got a great one here. This is from your. Is this from your? Uh, it says from Graham's dad. <laughs> what? So um, it says Graham. I've listened to you and your colleagues wittering on in a seemingly unstructured way <laughs> oh my he goodness said, still i gave you the mandatory five-star review i had to sign oh, up man. for an apple id to do this this was rather against my better judgment as i am not an apple fan <laughs> no he's not an apple fan. I, it, it is true to say that i was nagging quite a lot of my family last weekend saying are you for goodness sake are you going to leave a review are you going to rate the podcast or not are you even, do you even know what a podcast oh, I is i had no trouble you know. everyone everyone i everyone who i'd show the podcast to loved it jumped to You're review just, it you're ju- you guys are just so much more tech savvy in your families clearly than I am. But yeah, there you are, my good old dad. Thank you, dad. And uh, I'm wittering on in a seemingly he, he unstructured did, he did way. A, he did a great, you know, it, it was a pretty good review. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have another one as well from, from Martin Overton, uh, who's, who we know for years. Yes. Uh, he says, your Twitter name is very apt without the G in it as you're helping to smash in security of products. And so I love it, guys. I don't get it. I don't get it. Can you explain it to me? Smash in security. You smash smash in security. You smash. You smash. You smash. Yes, smash. Like in smash. In security. (laughs) Sorry, Carol. We keep you away. Oh, that's very good, Martin. All right then. Very good. Thank you, Martin, for that. Well, um, 
Folks, we are now an audio podcast. We did do some video ones. Um, we've had a little bit of trouble recording the video this week, so we're just going audio only for this occasion. So if you haven't done so already, um, make sure that you do subscribe to hear us on uh, as an MP3 audio podcast in future. We're on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher and TuneIn and Overcast and all good podcast apps and probably quite a few crummy ones as well. If there's somewhere where you want to see us, let us know and we will make sure that we get into their directory too. Um, but we really do appreciate when people uh, leave a review for us. It's, uh, it really makes a big difference because more people get to see us. Uh, as, well, no, they don't get to see us anymore, do they? They get to listen to us. So There you are. I think I can't improve upon that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, if you like the show, tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter. We're at Smash Insecurity. <laughs> Thanks, Martin. Uh, on Twitter, that's Smashing without a G Security. Until next time. Thanks, Vanya. Thanks, Grill. And uh, cheerio, everybody. Thanks, Grill. Bye. Bye. Bye.